you wished upon a star. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Disneyland. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like it. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. Paramount's Kings Island. We will officially open Universal Studios Florida. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Now, here is your host. Hi, Defunct Land guests. My name is Kevin Perger, and welcome to another edition of the Defunct Land podcast. Today, we'll be talking to former Cedar Point employee Joseph Kempler. But first, let me check in with last week's guest, Miguel, and see what he's been up to. So, Kevin, we were talking about the Fast and the Furious 19, correct? In 10 years, they stopped making Fast and the Furious. Oh, they'll, ne- they'll never stop making Fast and the Furious movies, so I can't even say that. But if, if they Hopefully stop they to- will. I mean, <laughs> hopefully that last futuristic-like movie will be the last one. I mean, what else can they do? They just went to the future. Well, here's a little trailer about that movie. In a world where racing cars are obsolete, <laughs> now they race. On jetpacks. Fast and the Furious 19. Flying to the moon on February 31st, 2024. I hope you liked it. <laughs> Thanks, Miguel. Before we get started with today's episode, I urge you to check out Defunctland's Teespring t-shirt store, where you will find a few t-shirt designs, including one with our podcast cover art on it. Go to the link in the description for more info on that. Now on to today's special guest, Joseph Kemmler, the co-writer of Defunct Line Episode 16, Disaster Transport. He's been going to Cedar Point since he was seven, he's worked there three times, and he's ridden Disaster Transport of upward of 40 times. So he's basically an expert. Uh, hi Joseph, how you doing today? Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> Sorry, I got a, got a little uh, excited there. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. I'm excited too. <laughs> um, I'm ready, really ready to talk about these this ride and all this, everything uh, Cedar Point, everything Cedar Fair. We're going to hit it all. Um, we don't really get to talk about Cedar Fair parks too often. I've only done two episodes on them, Son of Beast and Disaster Transport. I've had a lot of suggestions for them, and um, I'm going to probably do more in the future, but it's hard to do Cedar Fair attractions because uh, very few investigative theme park journalists um do them because they're hard to find yeah it's also they're not as prominent as uh disney world or disneyland where they're open year round and they have just so much history whereas a lot of the uh cedar fair parks even just cedar points only been around for uh almost 150 years but a lot of their uh uh stuff isn't well documented so it's kind of hard to keep track of that stuff so uh, I have three categories for our discussion today. Um, one, first is disaster transport. The second is Cedar Point, and the third is Cedar Fair. I have questions from my audience, from Facebook, from Reddit, and I have questions uh, from myself. Let's uh, let's just get right into disaster transport. Um, here's a question from Facebook. James Leonard Mason asks, "Why was the storyline so confusing on this ride?" Um, I'm going to let you answer this after I'm just going to, here's what I understand. Um, and most of the audience already knows this answer is that everything broke and they didn't replace it. Um, so I don't really know what the original storyline was supposed to be because it was so terribly documented. Um, but perhaps you know what that is. Uh, honestly, nobody really knew what the original storyline was, even from the beginning, uh, I didn't get into it until I was uh, seven years old, and by that time, most of the original theming was gone. Most of it was just like, it's 
generic space theming. I didn't even know that the ride was supposed to be a uh, theme to any sort of transport or uh, being invaded by space pirates or anything like that until after the ride was closed. So just like walking through uh, the queue line, you would just see just posters. You'd see blacklit stuff, handprints. It seemed more spooky, like an alien was taking over than you were actually part of a transportation team. Just nothing really made any sense. You just didn't know what you were getting into until you actually got to the ride. And did you get to experience the first part of the first queue? Uh, no, that was gone by the time I started going there. Uh, I actually missed it by one year because uh, I first started going to Cedar Point. Uh, I was too short to ride uh, Disaster Transport. So my older brothers would tell me how, oh, this is just an amazing like Star Trek ride. You got to ride this. It's got all these cool robots. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to ride this. And then the next year I rode it and I was like, they uh, even told me while we were waiting in line, like, Half the stuff is missing now because they were uh, they told me that there was a robot that would talk to you in the uh, line. And I was looking forward to that. And it was nowhere near. I was nowhere there to be seen. Right. Disaster Dave. I would have loved to see him. He would like seeing the videos and the pictures. He seemed like a really cool, although uh, knockoff to uh, Star Tours. Yeah. Very Star Tours esque. A lot of people really love the storyline of disaster transport which is odd because you could go ride star tours and it's basically the same thing only better and more well put together and that leads us to our next question evan frystack asks was alaska mentioned in the queue of the ride or was it just stated by the employee at the end could it have been a joke funnily enough it is mentioned in the queue once really where a single poster had the destination of alaska and it was the only poster that didn't have some sort of like uh, alien creature in the background or in the foreground. It was just like, this is a picture of Alaska. You can go there. And then just at the end of the ride, they would just say, welcome to Alaska. What's funny is like at the end of the uh, ride's tenure before it uh, closed permanently, nobody told you welcome to Alaska anymore, which was just really, really sad. Like now it was just a sign that said, welcome to Alaska. And it made even less sense. From what I understand, it might've been a joke. It might have been, and I mentioned this in the episode, it might have been um, they had all these alien exotic locations you could go to and Alaska. And of all the places you could have gone, you ended up in Alaska. I really would have liked it if uh, they did something similar, but instead of it going to Alaska, they go to a very local place. Like they go to the next town over, go from Sandusky to like uh, Toledo. (laughs) That would that would have been funny. Why Alaska was the the cho- the choice? Because um, it's not it's just like a entire state. I don't. It's a very odd choice. There, I mean, this is some new age humor almost, some right. meme level humor that is a super inside joke o- among the people that wrote it. Like it sounds like the in some sort of session they were just like, wouldn't it be funny if, and then it just went from there. Um, next question this is from Cam- Cameron. Dunleavy, um, I'm guessing I pronounced that correctly. Did anything else from Disaster Transport survive besides the ride car? Would love to know if any of the animatronics, like the Star Tours, like robots, still exist out there. Um, I'm going to have a safe bet in saying no, but I could be very much wrong. Because uh, I know that Cedar Point doesn't have any sort of vault where they store stuff 
in any regards. Most of it's just like, uh, especially what we discovered when we were researching for disaster transport. A lot of the stuff that we found wasn't through Cedar Point. It was from people who had like VHS recordings of uh, ride footage or old uh, VHS tapes provided by the park. Nothing like archived in uh, glorious HD or uh, digital format. So I'm going to assume that once they close it, if they don't have a use for it as like either a, uh, a tribute to the ride, like the uh, uh, rocket sled car and the sign, they just probably just get rid of it because there really is no point. Right. They do keep a little bit from each ride. Um, that disaster Dave is not is he's around. Uh, Happy Jack's Toy Factory he appeared in, which was a haunted house. Even after he was taken out, he reappeared in there. But I know that haunted house closed, I believe. Um, yep, that's gone. It went with uh, Disaster Transport closing as well. Right, because the building's gone. So the so I do not know where he went. Um, I, is he, If he's still in the park, if he's still in another haunted house, maybe we'll see him one day. I, I don't know why they would just throw him away. I assume they have some sort of storage that they would keep him in. Um, For all we know, he could be working in the maintenance area, just uh, giving wrenches to uh, all the uh, maintenance workers working on uh, Blue Streak's trains. Hey, Dave, can you hand me a wrench? <laughs> the uh, it's almost like uh, the Rick and Morty, uh, the butter, uh, the butter passer. <laughs> what is my purpose? You fix roller coasters. You- oh no, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I assume they have him maybe because they kept him for a while. But other than that, they, they probably just trashed it all. I mean, if you saw, I didn't include very many. If you saw how they destroyed that um, ride building, there's actually... Oh, they were not forgiving with that building. Oh, my gosh. There's an interview from one of the Cedar, Cedar Point um, spokespeople that described how it was going to be destroyed. And she's like, yep, we're going to get this big claw and we're going to crush it until it's gone. And, it's, and they just... They just beat that thing. It was not. It was not pretty at all. They were like, I think maybe uh, Cedar Point decided to tear that ride down with a vengeance, just like all these problems that you caused us all these years. <laughs> I do like how you uh, how you put it as uh, it was the bobsled coaster was a uh, water slide without the water. That's what it is, and that's actually the next, pretty much is. That's that's the next question from a uh, Tom Mars. Marcuso, uh, his u- Reddit username is weird, but he actually helped research for this episode. He found some great reference images for me. Thank uh, you, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Uh, have having never been on a loose bobsled coaster, what is the experience like versus a tracked coaster? It's a water slide. It really is. I I honestly really love uh, bobsled coasters. I've been on three of the oh, four of them. I keep always forgetting about uh, Avalanche at uh, King's Dominion, but they're not the most thrilling of rides but they're definitely a lot of fun it's not something you expect it's uh it's very weird like not knowing exactly how the uh train is going to react because there's no set path i was one of very few people to see it sad to go i was hoping that maybe that cedar point would change their mind just throw money at it and try to fix it but like now growing up it was probably better to uh see it go i do like gatekeeper i thought that was a good uh addition yeah, Gatekeeper is beautiful. It is, I mean, oh, God. It, it is gorgeous. Uh, an amazing idea. That's that's the good park theming, even though it's not really uh, intricate theming. It's just good theming. I really love the idea of Gatekeeper. Um, right. It's not a very uh, intense ride, but it is a very like very fun ride. Uh, I did get to uh, operate that. It's uh, first year it was open for a couple of months, and it was a very fun ride to operate. 
did get kicked in the nuts a lot. Oh, you did? How so? Uh, people, since it's, uh, you're uh, in the air a little bit, so people would often swing their legs, and then I would come up behind them, and they would be in the middle of swimming their, swinging their legs, and they just, they just, just catch me. Oh, when you were uh, trying to check if their uh, restraints were correct? Oh, yeah. That was always a fun day. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you were using getting kicked in the nuts uh, figuratively, but you, you meant it literally. That you, oh, yeah. You literally got kicked in. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> that's not that's not fun. So let's now get to the point, Cedar Point. Um, we have one question from one of our audience members. It's Paul Tid. Is there one ride that used to be in the park that you wish that they would bring back? Uh, one ride I would really love to see again, at least like if they were just to revamp it into a, like a modern attraction. I really liked the Cedar Point Cyclone, even though I never got to ride it. It just, it was just a beautiful roller coaster and it had to, uh, they had to tear it down to, to the uh, Great Depression and they just never rebuilt it. It's interesting when a ride closes, there's almost a guarantee that it will be turned into a haunted house at some point. <laughs> because there that is just prime real estate because they get tons of people that want to go to the haunted houses and so whenever a ride building closes or a queue to a line they'll just they'll just grab it and turn it into a haunted house it's really funny because like i can't argue that because i was just talking about the pirate ride and it does turn into a haunted house at the end of the season <laughs> yeah no every time they're, they're i don't know why they keep having these meetings uh i i don't know if they have meetings where they just say Okay, we got a ride closing. What should we do? And then there's just that one guy in the corner that says, Haunted House! So they just turn into a haunted house really quickly. Well, it's really funny because uh, when Disaster Transport closed down, obviously they didn't have room for a uh, haunted house because there wasn't a building there. Uh, they actually built a building next to Gatekeeper that's in the uh, employee storage area that is strictly a haunted house. Uh, part of uh, Mean Streak's uh, queue line got torn up and they put a building there for, guess... A haunted, a haunted house. house. <laughs> yeah, no, everything's a haunted house. I, I really wish they'd just make, uh, whenever a kid's Planet Snoopy ride closed down, one of those kids' area rides, they turn it into a haunted house as well and make it terrifying. And then just, it only opens during October. Zombie <laughs> zombie death blood fest right next to the Snoopy coaster. That's actually, uh, it's really funny because uh, at Cedar Point during Halloween weekends, they do close down a uh, children's area, Camp Snoopy, and turn that into a haunted area. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is during the day, it's still a kid's area. So there's like these uh, tents put up with like a uh, uh, blanket over them just so that way kids don't see the scary uh, half-gored man behind there. And then teenagers sneak in there and do uh, horrible teenager things. I'm going to be referencing a book that nobody's ever heard of called uh, We'll Save the Galaxy for Food by Yossi Croswell. Or Cros yeah, Croswell. In that book, since he's trying to keep it uh, G-rated and PG-rated, he replaces all of the swear words with uh, math terms. Okay. So, fun thing about working at Cedar Point is everybody goes to... They, everybody goes forth and multiplies <laughs> in the most obscure and just <laughs> strangest places such as the uh, family bathrooms, I've heard, uh, storage sheds where there's uh, supposed to be nobody at. People go in there for quick multiplication tables. The strangest places that I've heard uh, people going for, uh, going to, to multiply is uh, ride cars, namely for uh, attractions such as the Skyride. 
will see guests go on the ride and suddenly one of their heads will uh, disappear from view. Wow. Uh, well, there. I don't know if you know anything about uh, Dustin Diamond. He's Screech on Saved by the Bell. Um, he's the ner- nerdy character. After Saved by the Bell ended, he kind of went off the deep end. Um, and he claims he has multiplied with upwards of le- an absurd amount of uh, other companions. And he claims his favorite place to pick them up or uh, add them is um, <laughs> Disney World. Um, and the best place to multiply at Disney World is the Haunted Mansion ride. <laughs> this, th- I'm not making this up. You can, you can look it up. I was wrong. It is not 100. It is 2,000. What? Um, yes. Uh, two... <laughs> Please, if you don't know who Dustin Diamond is, his name is Screech, if that doesn't give you an idea of how ludicrous this sounds, but just look him up. I actually got two more stories for you. Uh, The last year I worked there, two things happened that was really interesting. Uh, First thing that happened was uh, it was the last year that Turnpike Cars was opened, and uh, apparently somebody, some disgruntled worker who was, like, really angry and he, like, quit the company that day, uh, he especially didn't like turnpike cars because the cars were really terrible to work on. Everybody hated them. They were just a pain to operate on. Cause, uh, with, I'm not sure if you've ever been on to a, uh, an old timey, uh, car ride. Yeah. But, uh, f- for the, uh, operator, you actually have to put your foot inside the, uh, uh, ride area or the ride vehicle and press down on the pedal to operate it on turnpike cars. You couldn't do that. Cause you'd have to like reach your leg in and have your, uh, your butt right in front of the guest, which is less than favorable. So they added a lever on the side of the car that you would uh, operate on. But uh, a disgruntled maintenance employee who uh, quit that day decided that he wanted to show how much he disliked that ride. So uh, before the park opened for the day, he went to one of the cars and uh, added his own excrement to the ride. Did just Just on one of the seats? Just like right inside one of the seats. Wow. And when was this found out? Uh, it was found out uh, before the ride opened. They had to actually delay the opening to uh, get the car cleaned up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, well, and what's your other story you have? This actually happened. I have to kind of blame Defunctland for this because while I was researching for the disaster transport episode, I was researching a lot of the old videos. And because I was searching a lot of Cedar Point videos, a video popped up that had a clickbaity title of uh, getting kicked off of a roller coaster. I was kind of curious, so I decided to click on this video. I'm not going to say the channel name or uh, anything beyond what the title of the video was, but I watched a little bit of it, and I noticed that the uh, date stamp for it is uh, 2014, which was the year I was working on Blue Streak, Mm -hmm. which was a really good roller coaster, very underrated. Uh, So I was watching the video and decided to look and see what was going on, and this girl was taking her camera onto various roller coasters and uh she had a video of her on the blue streak and as she was going up the ride stopped and they started freaking out because they thought that the ride was broken and like they're all gonna die and for a split second you could see in the corner of the frame a person in a ride host uniform running towards the lift hill and that was me (laughs) so what was the story from your perspective 
as you may or may not know, uh, Cedar Point and all Cedar Fair uh, parks have a uh, zero tolerance policy when it comes to uh, cameras and loose articles, but it's been extended to cell phones as well. Whenever we see somebody have a camera or cell phone out, we have to stop the ride, go and grab it, take it back down, and restart the ride. And they would get the camera back at the end of the ride with a small rant of, uh, please don't take your camera out. It's actually very dangerous because, you know, small object uh, drop from a great height will hurt somebody. Right. It's just funny seeing that video show up, and I never knew about it until I started researching for Defunctland. Quick aside to that, uh, every single time that I've uh, had to do a lift stop to retrieve a cell phone, uh, everybody would just give it to me within like five seconds, no more than two questions, which were usually, uh, why do why, why do you need my cell phone and will I get it back? Except one person decided to argue this. Okay. It was late at night. It was like the second to last train of the night. So being late at night, you can kind of see that there's this glowing red rectangle on the train that's not supposed to be there. So I stopped the ride, as I usually do, walked towards there to take the cell phone away. The guy is yelling at me, saying, oh, no, it's all right. You can just uh, you can start the ride back up and put the phone away. And because I saw the phone and I, you can't trust them to not take it out again, I have to take it away from them because, you know, safety and all that fun stuff. Tell them the usual spiel. Cedar Point does not allow any uh, cell phones on any ride. I'm going to need to take that until the end of the ride. He starts yelling and cussing me out because I wanted to take his cell phone away. Stating, like, the phone's expensive. How dare you take my personal property? I won't stand for this. I paid good money. It got to the point where I was trying to just talk him that everyone else around him was yelling at him to just give me the phone. How, you had to go up the lift hill, or did the train return to the station? Uh, I had. You have to uh, stop the train on the lift hill. Uh, there's actually a certain point where you uh, have to stop the train because if you stop it too early... It will uh, not be able to uh, catch correctly, so it will be a really hard startup and it could cause uh, uh, damage to the uh, chain and the uh, anti-rollbacks. And you can't start it too late because you don't want to walk all the way up the lift hill. So how high up are you arguing with this guy? Uh, I'd say like 25 to 30 feet around that area. I think it was towards the middle of the train. Gotcha. So it wasn't you weren't 150 feet in the air? No, no. Blue Streak, uh, it only goes up to like 76 feet. Okay. The um well that's that's interesting that uh that you would have to stop the ride and run up the lift hill. Um that's uh, I've never heard of that before. So, uh if you don't have any more stories on Cedar Point, let's move on to Cedar Fair as a whole and I can interject some of my thoughts on the uh Cedar Fair Park cuz it is truly a curious case. Um it is a very interesting chain. Um first off, uh I'm just going to talk a little bit about Snoopy. Um, Snoopy is the mascot of Cedar Fair. Uh, they've had many different mascots. Um, the different parks have um, different cartoons, different licenses, and they ended up on the Peanuts characters, mainly Snoopy. Um, this blows my mind. I don't know why. I like uh, Peanuts. I think it, it's it's great. It's classic. Um, but I'm also not a child. Uh, Charlie Brown. Well, it was just made into a, a film a couple years ago, so or last year or so. So I guess now kids would know about it. But before that, w did kids even give a crap? Like, did they know what Snoopy was? Do they know? I mean, is it is it that prolific? Is it that interesting to kids as a IP to have? Honestly, a lot of kids don't know about uh, Peanuts or Snoopy in general. They know about Snoopy, but they don't know that there's more than just Snoopy. 
because uh, you get this a lot when you uh, when you work at Cedar Point, or rather, if you go to uh, any of the Cedar Fair parks uh, on multiple occasions, you'll see kids talking to their parents like, "Who's that?" When they see the mascots walking around, because they have they have no idea. It's like I I, I like Snoopy. I've always liked Snoopy. I thought he, I grew up with Peanuts. Really loved uh, watching all the uh, old Christmas specials, Halloween specials, but. It's just, it's a very old uh, IP to have. Someone that's gone to Disney a lot and Universal and different things, going into Cedar Fair Parks has to just feel awkward. Um, feels really um, wrong. One, because they're dirty. Um, they're very dirty, as amusement parks usually are. Oh yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, and, and storytelling's a major aspect of these because it, it just adds so much to the experience for a lot of people. Um, but uh, another thing that adds a lot to the experience is not having trash everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> which it totally does. And I know uh, people are going to claim, you have a Disney bias, but you cannot sit there and tell me that Disney does not do a good job cleaning up trash. Yeah, you might. I love Disney. Like you might. I love how clean it was. You might see a few pieces of trash, but there's always someone on it. There's always someone trying to clean it up. Um, and so that's what's great about anything Disney. And Universal also does a really good job of cleanup trash for the most part. Um, it's just one of those things that when you have it's a year round park, uh, it's just it has to be better run. Um, seasonal amusement parks are that's another huge aspect of Cedar Fair parks is that most of them are seasonal. Um, and that's it's huge. You have to be able to run it year round and you have to upkeep it. There's no off season where you can just say, oh, we'll just fix it in the off season. Because there is no off-season. You have to fix it now. So I think that also helps. I've also kind of wondered what it would have been like to uh, grow up instead of being next to a seasonal park, being next to a, uh, a year-round park, just to see the difference. Because I've only been to uh, Disney World a couple of times, and that's the only year-round park I've been to. Yeah, uh, Anats Berry Farm's a year-round park, right? But a lot of it also has to do with the attitude of uh, the people that go to the park as well. Because... Some people that go to, like, Cedar Point just don't care, and they just, they, like, smoke in line, they uh, throw their trash wherever they please, they stab people. <laughs> hey, they stab people at Disney, too. It's a different clientele, though. <laughs> um, it's a different clientele. Right. Uh, it's not, it's not looked as a child, as a children's park, um, as Disney is. Yeah, it's looked as more of a just, like, this is where the cool teenagers hang out. Yeah, we got the biggest ride. Screw you, families. Yeah, and that's... And so that's where that comes from. I will say that even so, another a park that has not been, I'm going to go on my Worlds of Fun rant, has not been yeah, upkept, uh, is Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun is in Kansas City, Missouri. It is it has, I believe, seven or eight, maybe six coasters. Um, very small amount of coasters. Um, very few dark rides. I think one maybe dark ride. And it's just, a, uh, it's just an outside kind of carnival ride indoors with black lights. Very, very, very few... Um, things to do there uh, compared to these other parks also smaller attendance worlds of fun is themed uh, with continents but it's themed horribly so there is um there's africa i believe there's americana and there is orient um they call it orient uh there is um scandinavia so it just it started like seeming like there were going to be continents and then it just became weird and random random, random like countries yeah random like scandinavia and there's the viking ride and there's only one thing in scandinavia and then um there's africa and different and just it's a really odd 
ride. Um, really odd place with all these things. Um, and the theming is awful. I, I've been there multiple occasions, and I've heard uh, Carl Douglas's Kung Fu Fighting play in the Orient section. Um, <laughs> while I was, you know, that's a that's Orient esque. Yeah, no, that's yeah, um, absolutely. And then there's also multiple um, kind of restaurants. Oh well, there's the main one I can think of is uh, Panda Express is also um, at the Orient, um, and it's just I you kind of walk around and you're like, is this offensive? Who should I be offended for? Yeah, should I be offended for somebody? This is this is very sloppy, um, and it's and I and I tweeted about this. I've said it on other podcasts um, when I went to Worlds of Fun the uh, the past. I think it was two months ago. Um, I tw- I did a live tweet when I walked there. I said, uh, "It's like if Epcot didn't give a crap." Another thing that happens at Worlds of Fun is Worlds of Fun gets the roller coasters that other parks already have. Um, right. This is a very common thing in Cedar Fair, in case you are not aware. Oh, I'm very much aware. <laughs> Knott's Berry Farm has the boomerang. Worlds of Fun has the boomerang. Um, I think it's Magnum XL 2000, maybe at Cedar Point. Is that a... Uh, 200. 200. Um, uh, yeah. 205 feet tall, right? Um, huge drop, painted red, goes up another big drop, and then it does a couple twists and turns, and then you're done. Um, almost an exact copy is the Mamba at Worlds of Fun which is 205 feet tall, painted red, big drop, second big drop, then a couple twists and turns and you're done. Uh, you're going to love this. Uh, Dorney Park in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a 200 foot tall roller coaster painted red with a bunch of big drops called Steel Force. Well, to be fair, they did change it up for uh, Valley Fair with uh, Wild Thing because it's a 200 foot tall roller coaster with big drops, but it's painted green. Ooh. <laughs> That's. I mean, they really went out of their way for that one. Yeah, they should. They should really slow slow their roll. I don't want them to get too tired over there. The um, but Cedar Fair is a weird park. Company of theme parks. Um, it really is. Just because they've acquired some interesting amusement parks and basically ripped off labels and made them generic carnivals. Um, the tr- the thrill trying to break these records is another huge thing they try to do. And I now I now realize Cedar Point. And Valley Fair, I don't know about Valley Fair, they probably were not amusement parks. I mean, theme parks. They were amusement parks. Definitely, yeah. They started acquiring theme parks, and they tried to turn them into amusement parks, which is why there's these weird remnants of these old rides. And uh, I was at Worlds of Fun, and I was watching one of those musical performances. At all these parks, by the way, um, they have a musical theater where it's not really a musical they show. They show about eight people that sing and dance your favorite songs this is where the old people go to cool off when their children when yeah when their children uh are riding roller coasters they and then it's basically an entire 20 minute production of hey remember this song um i don't know if they have that at cedar point um oh they do and uh what's really funny because i'm not sure if you heard me giggling because uh that's exactly what my parents did while we were riding roller coasters is they went and saw all the shows yeah, no, and the, and the shows aren't shows. They're just people singing like, hey, do you remember the samba? And they're like, hey, or what? what's one? And they're like, hey, do you remember all those songs from Motown? And they have a bunch of white people singing a bunch of Jackson 5 songs. And you you, you look around, and you're like, should I be offended for somebody here? Uh, Kings Island has a show that uh, they play in a uh, theater, which is also a uh, restaurant called The Fest House. Uh, it literally is back to the 90s. Yeah. No, and yeah. all they're doing is just doing... Uh, remixed songs of 
like bits of 90s pop culture songs right exactly that's that, they, that, that's exactly what they do it's just remember this theater and they uh the, there was one that I watched that had the old, the old TV themes, and then after a while, it just stopped, and they just started singing random Motown songs. Oh wow! It was just so it was a horrible thing. They were like, they start off by going different strokes for different <laughs> folks, and they're like, they went into some Jackson Five. <laughs> uh, but I think at some point, I think it was it might have been the Jackson Five. I want you back. Um, that they started holding up. Uh, oh no, it was we're not gonna take it by um, Twisted Sister. Right. And uh, they had picket signs, and they um, they had some of them said, like, more uh, powder on the funnel cake and really stupid like that. But about three or four of them had some of the previous Worlds of Fun attractions. And the, some of the previous Worlds of Fun attractions were Orient Express, which was a ride that closed in 2003. Pretty popular. It was in the Orient section of the park, in case you're not following very well. <laughs> and so they took it out. But one of the signs said, bring back Orient Express. And I was like, this is weird. Why do you... Like, they remember. They remember these old rides. People And this is so right. odd. And they had another one that was an other old coaster that I had recognized. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I'm looking around, and I'm like, nobody even knows what this they're talking about. But someone at this park that was choreographing this decided it'd be kind of cool to have these old rides in this we're not going to take it and it was just um, i was i was just on the edge of my seat i was like this is this is so odd to me because they remember and that's what you don't realize at cedar point not not as much as uh other parks do although uh i do have to say the last uh uh at cedar point uh the refurbishment of uh Mantis to Rougarou and the uh, transformation from Mean Street to Steel Vengeance. Both of those were things that uh, people from that have been going to Cedar Point for years have been wanting because like a lot of people didn't really like Mantis. They didn't like the stand up aspect. And once uh, the sit down floors thing was a new thing, they're like, oh, we can just have that thing. Can you do that? Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually really funny because uh, while working at Cedar Point, I was. Uh, I was just starting to get onto Reddit, and I asked a supervisor if I could do a uh, Reddit a AMA, the Ask Me Anythings. I asked uh, my supervisor if they knew what an AMA was, and they asked, oh, you mean the Anti-Mantis Association? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is a story. <laughs> yeah. And so the Anti-Mantis Association is apparently this group of, like, ten people that would write handwritten letters to Cedar Point... That were very like chicken scratchy, like they almost looked like ransom note sort of letters. Magazine cut out. You would take out uh, the stand up trains on Mantis and replace them in the floorless because stand up trains are bad. That's so weird. Do you have any closing thoughts on Disaster Transport, Cedar Point, or Cedar Fair? I got very little uh, to add other than thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, write for Defunct Land. I had so much fun and I hope I can do more in the future. Absolutely. Uh, I always. Uh need help with uh, writing because that's actually the longest it takes the longest to write some of these episodes especially something like disaster transport where um it's very difficult to find information so having multiple people help a lot and you were fantastic so and also th thank you for your expertise on uh thanks for doing this podcast thank you for talking to us about cedar point um and disaster transport and so so much more and dustin diamond and um snoopy and <laughs> everything we touched on uh, i had a great discussion so thank you for coming on to our audience as always make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast we'll be back next week to kick off a very special three-part podcast episode with another very special guest star so look forward to that thank you for listening and thank you for visiting defunct land